real men are going to take that Civic Center apart and then we're all going to be over at Rodeo, woo, driving the women wild. Miami Beach, get ready. Woo. We are doing and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Jerry tells the jokes, Dean sings the songs and gets the girl. But one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. I've been called the songbird of my generation by people who've heard me. Honey, do you think KFC's still open? What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Victory Bells podcast. I'm your host, Will McKay, associate editor over at RedRaiderSports.com, joining you guys, as always, from good old Lubbock. And joining me, as always, is RedRaiderSports.com recruiting analyst Matt Clare, live from the Dirty Third itself down in H-Town. What's, uh, what's, what's the latest down in uh, H-Town, as my man Paul Wall would say, Matt? It's, it's still hot, man. We're waiting on these cold fronts we keep hearing about. I, guys, we got it this we got it this week so yeah. it's uh it was like it was like 85 on Saturday and the Saturday night it was in Sunday it was yesterday it was like 60 degrees so yeah I looked at this uh, weekend and the deal in my truck said like 84 but I was like no way I mean it's still hot as all get out out of here well that's unfortunate because it's been quite lovely this week in Lubbock so well, good for you <laughs> good for me <laughs> good for you it's uh, good for you yeah uh, uh, now we're good for weather talk again at the top of the show. Just killing it, killing it. Well, I always got to get the weather talk in because being someone from West Texas, I feel like that's always the primary like conversation breaker, like the icebreaker. Is, is yeah. you got to work in weather talk in there? You got to work in so so. How you doing? You know, you got you got to do all those kind of things. So sure. we got the we got pleasantries out of the way. So we're now proper. we can right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you got to be proper. You got to be. Uh, you got to be concise, and I'm about to get into like less miles. And, and man, that's that's that makes me sad thinking of that this week. What what do you think about all that? Well, I text you. I'm maybe this isn't verbatim, but I think I text you. What did you do to less? Because as we yeah. covered last week, yeah. you picked them to win the national championship. Ever since it's just fallen apart. I know you were trying to champion them, and I I, I applaud your courage, but I think you cursed. Uh, Less miles than you you caused him hey, to lose it's, his job. Man, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, shock me. I've been known <laughs> to be quite the sports curse in the past. I am the the black cat to college football as Bartman was to the Chicago Cubs. So okay, it's it's not good, man. No, no. But, I mean, so so I'll I'll go ahead and apologize to all our Baton Rouge listeners out there. But it wasn't surprising, right? I no, mean, it I, wasn't. I, no. Uh, I was actually going to pick up dinner. Um, you know, because Tech wasn't playing, it was kind of in between the the afternoon and evening games, and I really oh yeah, because it was at a weird spot. I yeah, was, it was that weird game, time, time that it yeah. started. So I, I really I was off and on, kind of channel surfing. I, I wasn't watching the game intently. So I arrived and I'm picking up my food to go, and they had TVs, and so I look up and I see LSU celebrating, and so I was like, okay, yeah. I guess they pulled it off. You know, I knew it was close, but I hadn't been listening to the game on the radio or whatever. And so I look back down and get my stuff, get in the car and go home. You know, not until I had sat down, had dinner and kind of got back watching football again, did I realize what had happened. And I mean, to me, it was just so funny. And for that to be his last time on the field as the coach and 
to imagine all of that roller coaster of uh, you know emotion and yeah, that just that four or five craziness. minute period. Yeah, I know that team is so good. That team is so talented. There's a reason why you would try to pick them as a preseason favorite. I mean, you can see the why. But yeah, they just weren't able to put it all together uh, with any sort of consistency last year. I mean. You and I were there at the game, at the bowl game. I mean, these guys are freak athletes, like guys that made tons of youth. Too. Guys that made te- guys that made Texas and and Oklahoma look like they were like small, unathletic teams. Absolutely, they just haven't been able to get a quarterback or anything going of any significance. Pass, no passing game. Yeah, and, and the, yeah. Well, and the thing's been is Fournette hasn't been himself because I mean he's hurt, and on top of that, everyone just loads the box in the SEC. And everybody in the SEC has the athletes. If you put eight or nine in the box, you're—I mean—you're just not going to run on them. So, I mean, they just haven't moved the ball, you know, and you know at all. So, and it, it's so funny how all week everybody jokingly talked about that as kind of the winner gets to stay, loser loses his job game, and it right. totally turned out to be true. <laughs> and the rationale is that just because, uh, like, yeah, the rationale. Oh well, that that one second, you know, saved the Auburn coach's job. But isn't that know? crazy though? That that one second is the <laughs> difference probably between one guy staying and the other guy leaving. Yeah, he's just reclining back in his chair when he's getting the off. Whew, that was close. You know, we were guys. I need really need y'all to help me out here. We got to turn this thing around. Oh man! But, but I mean, again, it's just crazy. I think uh, Saban made the comment uh, that he thought it was sad and all that. And I don't know, I mean, how sincere or how, you know, how much he's trying to poke at the media with his comments. But come on, man. I mean, you, you left well, him. Let's be honest. Saban left him with a pretty, the pretty silver platter cover cupboard of, uh, you know, talent. Yeah. And, and, and Miles, to his credit, is a very good coach. He's a very ca- charismatic person. You said you love him. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the guy, too. Uh, but but we were even talking and texting, what does he do next? I mean, uh, he's 62 years old. Does he want to get back into coaching? What type of opportunity does he want to take? I mean, for the longest time, it seemed, what, five years ago, every time Michigan, 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 Michigan game, yeah, hey, they got to call us miles tonight. Where's the we got to track planes. Somebody going to uh, Baton Rouge to hire less miles, you know, and I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, just look how different things can be in five yeah. years. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, most college football fans know that. But uh, for me. Just kind of you know watching some of that and and, and uh, you know being able to see that has been interesting, but I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and and I don't know if you heard Cliff's comments because someone asked him this week, you know, about Les and, and getting uh, fired, and uh, I thought his comments were were pretty interesting, but they ring very true. Where Cliff said, "Look, you know, you do it and it either works or doesn't work, but I don't think very many people are going to feel sorry for somebody." making, you know, four or five million dollars a year and getting canned and getting paid all that money after they get fired anyway. So, I mean, that's very, very, very true. Uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of these coaches, while, well, well, I think Les probably is upset, you know, his family's kind of grown up there and made that his home. I mean, he's leaving with a fat stack of cash. Nine million. Yeah. So he can, he'll be okay. Right. That's why. That's what I'm saying. If he, if he wanted to, he could just, you know, live where he lives right now, go buy a boat and live off the Gulf shore the rest of his entire, you know, yeah, or, or let ESPN install a green screen in his garage and yeah. put on a, put on his bathing suit with a blazer on top and, you know, sit there like uh, what's his face and until he lets his hair down and starts listening to heavy metal again. You know? <laughs> uh, John Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. John Clayton. That could be um, his setup, man. 
but but that'll be the interesting thing to me is because what like it's like what job does he take is the is like the interesting thing because there's not like a great fit unless he goes back but, to the Big Ten, but I don't know what school he'd go to in the Big Ten. But it's just week five, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like it. It's not like I mean, this is just the first domino to drop. I mean, I think a lot of people are assuming, just like we said with Malzahn at Auburn, I think that one's going to come open. Uh, USC could be back in the market now. You've got Penn LSU State. and and Penn State could fire James Franklin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and there's I mean, there's some of that that you see, and and there's always the, the surprises that come towards the end of the season. You got Baylor, obviously, is another one uh, that's going to be hiring, and then a lot of eyeballs on Texas and how they perform. Although I kind of don't think they would make that move, but who knows, right? I would to less. I mean, that would be something where, yeah, I mean, you you would think you'd be like, no way they do it, and then they do it because less is just an established coach, you know. But I guess my question would be is if Les Miles really wanted to do it and he wanted to sign a three year deal, I mean, how would he not be a good fit at Baylor? I mean, I know that his offense struggled at LSU. Well, he'd However, have to find an OC would be the but, thing. Yeah, but if he could, I guess, if he could find someone within that tree, or if you go to Tulsa and you steal from that staff just like Charlie did, right, or or find someone on that tree of coaches. Someone at Syracuse, someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, bring them in, you know, and, and get it done that way. I mean, and you could even go air raid, whatever the case may be. I mean, that roster's already built for that. The talent around the state is built for that on offense. And, and again, he could use some connections even into East Texas and Louisiana. I think that would be a no-brainer, especially if the alumni are wanting to pay money for an established guy. Um, that's if he wants to go back to coaching. I, I just – I don't know. That's the only thing I could see for certain right now. I don't see Les Miles, head coach of USC. That like that just seems weird to me. It seems it seems weird to me that. too, but that but to me that's a higher like that screams them like them going out and getting him just because they're like oh established good coach and we've got Lynn Swan as our athletic director so yeah I guess and he's we'll quirky yeah he's quirky people love him you know what he'd, he'd fit in great in L A yeah as far as all the quirkiness and the personality and all that stuff but I I don't know. I mean, he is definitely a player's coach. You know, I've I've been able to message and, uh, you know, even talk to a few guys. And there are are a lot of their recruits are in wait-and-see mode. I don't think there's any realistic opportunities with Texas Tech there. Um, And then long-term, it'll just depend on who they hire. You know, and you got old Ed Orgeron in there kind of filling in right now. So, I mean, we'll see see what goes on there. I mean – but yeah, just I don't know. I, I think uh, as much as you love less, I think it was time. Uh, I think it was time, and yeah, it was. Uh, LSU is a, just a hotbed of talent around that whole state, and if they can get a coach that can just compete for talent and develop, you know, the the offense to to match what they're putting out there on defense. Because even after Chavis left, they're still nasty on defense, and they still got Aranda. Um, they just need to find some. And I would, I would guess whoever they hire as head coach will try to keep him around. Well, yeah, I mean, he was arguably the top free agent when it came to defensive coordinators this past offseason. Yeah, it, it, he was. But I, I just keep thinking about, and this will be the last thing we talk about on this, but, but I just keep imagining what a Tom Herman LSU team looks like, and I just feel like they would just mud hole like 75 to 90% of the teams they play because – 
they're going to play wide open, you know, spread run offense, and, and then they're going to play good defense already. So I think you mesh those two things together, and that's just like, to me, that like they would be, and I know this may, you may say this is a premature, but, but, but that is a ready-made program to be a dynasty what Alabama is, like already. Like, like if you, if you play good offense, that's what you'll do. No, I, I don't disagree at all. I think that us saying that a Herman or a Bryles could come in there and just, you know, ignite that flame and keep things going on defense. I think we make it sound a little easier than it is. I mean, I think it's much more dependent on the quarterback position and for whatever reason, I think Don't if you one. go yeah. back and put a closer look to it every year, they've passed on guys. I mean, LSU passed on Dak Prescott and, and offered him really late in the process, but he stayed loyal to Mullen and to Mississippi State. And you saw what happened there. I mean, he's been better than any quarterback they've had since that same time period by far. Um, so they've they've had some misses and that was that was really the last nail in the coffin for old Mac Brown and I think the two find a guy, situations yeah. are, are really really comparable because you saw you know him change defensive coordinators you know he has an offensive background so if he's not holding up it, it would be the equivalent of Kingsbury being here forever and all of a sudden the offenses catch catches a flat you know the team the team is that has been a perceived strength of yours in your career can't right. get that done. I mean, you know, it's hard to kind of fathom in, with that particular example, but sure. I mean, that's what it is. And he even brought in his own guy in Cam Cameron. So, you know, I, I think they were just already on the hot seat. And with that start, yep. they got the boot. Yep, they were. And that's going to be the first fire of what will probably be many as we get more and more each year. So, uh, going to be uh, certainly interesting to see what kind of happens on the coaching carousel. But, uh, Getting away from Coach Fire Talk, we'll we'll kind of um, head on over to you know back to Lubbock, and we wanted to talk a little bit about you know some of these guys that are committed, and and I know t- today, Matt, you got a chance to, uh, to to interview one of Tech's commits from this this 2017 class, and that'd be uh, Arlington Oak Ridge wide receiver Bronson Boyd, the only receiver the Red Raiders have committed in the class. So uh, just wanted to get an interview with him and catch up as as some of these guys you know are, are starting to get into. Uh, get into the fall and, and Bronson's going to be one of these guys who's an early enrollee so just wanted to get a chance to, to catch up with him so uh, so yeah here's that Matt talking to uh, commit Bronson Boyd okay and this week's guest on the Victory Bells podcast is Arlington Oak Ridge wide receiver Bronson Boyd Bronson how you doing man I'm great how are you oh, I'm doing really well it's uh, I know you and I were catching up and getting all this set up and you know, we said it's been a while, so so first off, how you been, and, and how's everything going so far? I've been great, you know, just just uh, taking it one step at a time, you know, trying to finish school, so I can graduate in December and uh, be ready to go to Tech in January. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned some online classes. I think I think even Dawson had mentioned some of that. Uh, this, is a, this is quite a you know, large group of you guys going in there early. What do you, what do you think about graduating early? Oh, you know, I had to um, – get used to that, uh, but that thought, you know, my parents had to be used to it as well. I'll be leaving in a, a short time, you know, instead of staying around for, you know, graduation in May, um, you know, but I will be uh, going back to my school and graduating, walking the stage with my classmates, but, you know, um, and it's just crazy to think about, you know, I'll be a college student in like three months, three to four months, so uh, it's just crazy. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. But uh, I know that was a recent announcement. So congrats on all that. I mean, I know you know it, it's I'm I'm a grown man now and and all that. But going back to when I was y'all's age, I just always say you know wow. I just I would, if I could say that to 17 year old me, I wouldn't believe it either. So you know, congrats <laughs> on all that. I know it's I know it's hard work. Um, so so like I said, it's been a while, man. I want to say it was like early June. Uh, you had a chance to get out there to Lubbock, you know, made a commitment in late May. Uh, I know that at, when we talked at the time, you know, Coach Emmett Jones is, and you were very close. And, um, you know, that that was a decision you made back then. I mean, how, how are things going with the coaches? And I don't know, what uh, you know, what, what's the latest and greatest between you and the, the tech coaches? Oh, just, you know, talking every week, just staying in contact. Uh, me and Coach Jones are still very close, you know. I talked to, um, you know, Coach Morris, too. Um, so we're all we're all very close. Uh, you know, I, I I'm going down there for my official um on uh, October fifteenth against West Virginia, so uh I'll meet up with them again there. Now did I have it correct? You you and the guys went to the Louisiana Tech game as well, right? Uh no, sir, I couldn't make that trip. Didn't make it. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Now, um I guess just with with recruiting in general, I mean we talked about it at the time but uh, the coaches really, they're not looking for a lot of wide receivers. They've got a lot of guys on the roster, and, and clearly they're doing something right because they're putting up a lot of numbers on offense. So, I mean, but, but between you and Coach Jones, Coach Kingsbury, and these guys, Coach Morris, you know, what does that mean to you that, you know, you're their guy and, and you know, they're sticking with you at wide receiver here in this 2017 class? Oh, it means a lot. It means a lot. You know, that's why uh, I committed because they said they wanted me to be the, the lone wide receiver committee in the class, and the, all the stuff they're gonna do, and they're gonna put me, move me around on the offense. You know, put me inside, outside. You know, I'm play every position on the on the field. <clears throat> so, you know, it, it just means a lot. So I feel like, you know, that that uh that really got me. So that's why I committed. Okay. Now, I mean, again, going back to the fact that we hadn't caught up in a while. I know, you know, you committed to Texas Tech. You had plenty of other offers, but what about just recruiting in general? I know doing this for three, four years. I know other coaches don't lose your phone number or, or don't don't know how to find you. So any of these other schools that have either offered or shown interest, I guess, even since you committed to Texas Tech? Uh, yes, sir. It, it's been uh, some schools. Anybody in particular? Um, I'd like say Indiana, um, Oklahoma State, um Mostly just those two, Indiana and Oklahoma State. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I, I kind of mentioned uh, Dawson earlier, but there's, you know, I think it's you, Dawson, Jack, uh, Will, and, and uh, at least a few other guys, Xavier, I mean, that, that are coming in early. Um, have you guys kind of started talking about, you know, who you want to room with or kind of what your plans are? I mean, what's your relationship like with, with those kind of guys? Oh, we're all close. You know, we talk every single day, like every single day. We uh, have a good message, and we talk every day. Um, but the rooming situation, uh, the old linemen, you know, they decided first they're going to room together. So uh, it's just it's me and X in one room. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the rooming situation. Okay, well, there you go. And, and you know, obviously you guys have gotten a chance to get to know one another. You said y'all are close. I mean, have you you had a chance? I see you even kind of giving some props to to X on on Twitter and you know some of his videos and whatnot. I mean, what do you think about him as a quarterback? What have you been able to see from him? Oh, uh, you know, if X is <laughs> X, you know, I think X is the best quarterback in 2017. 
Yeah, he's, he's, he reminds me of Lamar Jackson. He plays yeah. just like Lamar Jackson, uh, runs just like Lamar Jackson, throws like Lamar, Lamar Jackson. So I think X is going to be a special player in college. Well, that'd be a good thing for Texas Tech, right? I mean, that guy's pretty good. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> good, th- good thing for you, too, if you're out there catching passes. Uh, now, yeah. you know, we, you said you're going for the West Virginia game. You, you took the unofficial visit in the summer. You know, you had positive things to say. I, I guess with an official visit, it's, you know, official. Or you get kind of shown around and things of that nature. Anything in particular that, that you're looking for that weekend, whether it's academics or just spending some more one-on-one time with the coaches? Any, anything you're looking forward to when it comes to that particular visit? Uh, just spending, you know, one-on-one time with the coaches, you know, the players, my future teammates, uh, getting to know them, um, you know, just uh, showing my face to the fans, um, you know, I mean, just being down there, you know, see my future home, you know, see the, you know, talk about uh, the academics as well. Okay. And you would mentioned mom and dad earlier. Did they have a chance to come with you this summer, or are they going to be coming uh, to the official visit as well? Oh, yes, sir. They came with me in the summer and they're coming with me on my issue. Gotcha, gotcha. And, I mean, at this point, after you've been, you know, committed and recruited for a while, does Coach Jones and maybe some of the other coaches, they have a relationship with mom and dad, too? Yes, sir, they do. They uh, they talk to them uh, a lot as well. Okay. Well, I know uh, the coaches just had the bye week recently, and, you know, they're able to kind of get out and about a little bit more. Have they stopped by the school or stopped by for one of y'all's games at all this fall? Oh, yes, sir. Coach Jones just uh, stopped by, uh, I want to say, last week on Thursday. He stopped by my school, and uh, and I talked to him then. Okay. Now, we've talked about about his background specifically. This is his first year as the official, you know, outside receivers coach for Texas Tech. But, you know, just as a coach in the area and and just someone you knew from the area, we, we talked about that a little bit more. But, you know, now that he's recruited you, now that he's kind of told you, you know, what they're doing in the offense, does he... Does he kind of say, hey, look look at Jonathan Giles or, hey, look at Derek Willies? I mean, does he point these things out to you as you kind of watch uh, the the games for yourself or see what they're doing in the highlights? Oh, uh, yes, sir. He, you know, he just talked about how, um, you know, people just get the offense, you know, how to, um, you know, what position I'll be playing, and, you know, to watch certain people because uh, I'll be playing that position when I get there. Okay. Well, cool. And then uh, I guess, you know, for you, with you, know, you mentioned it earlier, graduating early, uh, you have the official visit to Tech. I mean, are you entertaining any other visits? You mentioned Indiana, Oklahoma State. Are you still entertaining visits, or you think you're still pretty just solid with Texas Tech? Oh, no, sir. I'm, I'm 100% to say. Yeah. I'm not entertaining okay. any other visits. Okay. Well, cool. Well, there you have it, guys. We wanted to mix it up, have uh, have some recruits on the line we hadn't talked to for a while, but Bronco will uh, – We'll look forward to talking to you after that West Virginia game. We hope you enjoy the visit, and we certainly appreciate your time. Guys, again, this is wide receiver commitment, Bronson Boyd from Arlington Oak Ridge. Thanks, Bronson. Thank you. So once again, thanks to Bronson for uh, coming on with Matt and doing that interview just to – just to kind of recap where things are at right right now with Tech and and, and just kind of what he thinks about what's going on in Lubbock. Again, as I said, the only receiver committed in the class right now. So, so Matt, I'll just kind of uh, just kind of throw it to you first. Just kind of your general thoughts on, on some of the stuff Bronson said to have to say about Tech, where things are at, and, and just kind of what he thinks about things right now. Uh, another kid enrolling early. You know, uh, we pushed our interview back thirty minutes because he was finishing up an uh, online economics course. Say that three times fast. Oh boy! 
online economics course. You know? Anyway, and, and so I was like, man, I mean, that's that's why I joked to them. I mean, seventeen year old me, I would have been like, no, not no way taking yeah. more classes. It's stupid. Uh, but you you kind of saw that little bit of a divide when he's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of hit me, and it's you know, it is a. You know, I am going to miss this or that, but I'm going to come back for this. And then, you know, right. you, you can definitely tell he's excited about it. And, uh, you know, just the things he had to say about Xavier Martin and, you know, over what has been probably, I don't know, what, almost four or five plus months. And then, however, you know, tack on another few months of, of those guys getting to know one another from the right. recruiting process between him and Xavier Martin and Jack Anderson, Dawson Deaton, some of these other guys that have been committed to this class for a while. Um, you know, you like what you have to hear. And and with this class, you know, we're going to get into it later with how the current Texas Tech receiving core is performing. But, you know, that's been something to where, hey, they've got Bronson Boyd and really the coaches aren't pursuing anybody else that that hard. Um, you know, if they can add a, a guy here or there, then, then they might do it. But it's not a sure thing right now. They've told yeah. Bronson he's he's the one and only. And and as you could tell, I mean, he he thought the world of that. And that's why he wanted to commit. Um, and, and that's why he's with Texas tech and he's going to enroll in the spring because, you know, they've, they've kind of given them his word, uh, their word, and they've really kind of, you know, dedicated that spot to him. And, and I think when you look at the performance of the offense and you look at what he can, can bring at six three one ninety, um, you know, I, I don't think any more with true freshmen that we can consider, they're not going to at least play some and then, you know, start to increase that into their sophomore year. I mean, some of the best receivers on the team right now have taken that same approach over the past mm-hmm. two seasons. Yeah, and I think that's that's an interesting thing too about a guy like Bronson is is he's another one of these big, uh, you know, long outside receivers, and they just kind of keep going back to the well with those guys as they kind of try to even out the roster more. I think with uh, the kind of the different kind of receivers you have. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know it, it's fun you know hearing about how many of these guys are going to enroll early because I can't ever remember. In a class, maybe that 2011 class, there were there were four or five. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to end up with eight plus guys. I, I mean, I would guess in this class it didn't roll early, and that's just kind of unheard of, especially when it, they're all high school guys so far. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to again take a look at the numbers. It's like the never ending question. Um, mm-hmm. You know how you how you balance that, but you know what that means is they're going to count a certain amount of those backwards, and then they're going to do some you know reaccounting of the numbers as it pertains to 2017 so it might even allow you to have one or two more open spots and right. i know we talked last weekend about how uh tyree range had committed and and that was pretty much a clear byproduct of hawker's scholarship opening up and the coaches going in a certain direction uh now you're going to see especially over the past bye week i know the coaches were out on the road watching some games and we'll have more information on that as, as the weeks go by. But you're going to see more and more of that. Coaches going on the road, seeing other guys that, you know, they either already know about or, you know, they're following up with that, that might be fringe guys that don't have an offer right now. But, you know, coaches get back together that following week and, and they talk about what they saw. And, and you could see some new offers. I, I don't – just based on the frequency that, that we've seen so far, I wouldn't say I expect that. I would just assume just more recruiting, maybe getting some of these guys mm-hmm. to campus and – a good example of that, you know, this weekend would be Lancaster wide receiver Cartrell Thomas. It's a guy that's had an offer for a while. Um, it's a guy that um, is kind of weighing his options. You know, I know you and I are both a fan of his, uh, but I would still say, you know, more on that fringe. You know, do they need to take him? 
you know, absolutely no. You know, It'd be a luxury at this do point. They, yeah. yeah, do they like his game and think he could fit in and, and play a, a bigger type of, you know, uh, almost very similar role to a Grant or, or even a, a Giles uh, from what you see, you know, moving around the offense and, and getting out and about at that particular receiver position. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of guys like that. You're going to see guys that, that we touched on that are committed to other programs that start to visit. Um, and, and we'll just have to see how they, the, how they spread these things out because for right now we talked about, you know, how quiet it's been on the recruiting trail. For but sure. I think now that you're going to have more of these bigger home games over the next month, uh, that's going to change. You know, you're going to see some guys that are coming in town or some new names, uh, especially even from the JUCO side of things that, that might just not be on the radar right now. For sure. going And these are your premium games coming up because uh, obviously Kansas this Thursday night and then you have, you know, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, close out the year at home. So, so I mean, I would imagine at least for the, those Oklahoma and Texas games, they're going to have quite a few kids in town uh, one way or another, whether they're commits or, or kids they're looking at for either this class or, or 2018. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, another quick note, you know what I, I'm a big fan of is, is the fact that everybody calls, in, in, including Bronson, they all call Xavier Martin X. I think that's uh, – I, I, there are lots of potential for good nicknames. How about the – yeah, I almost forgot. How about the uh... – He's he's like Lamar Jackson. I think that's a really good comparison. To be you think honest, so. Yep. I was well, I, I, well because I didn't. I mean, I didn't like you know take some close look at it, but I didn't. Right. I mean, I don't know. I figured I would throw that out there because it's a high praise, right? Right, and and I think that the comparison is that he's going to be in the mold of Lamar Jackson, Trevon Boykin, those kind of guys. Where I, I think I think a lot of people might not realize how fast. Xavier is as far as just purely as an athlete because if you remember back to at the the open the opening regional I think he's the second fastest timed quarterback they've ever had right uh so I mean he's a kid that can run like a deer in the open field which is just it, it's a very different look than what you have with a guy like Pat right now where Pat sure. is gonna you know he's he's gonna run around it and he's gonna you know be elusive and, and find some open space and get you you know, 10, 15 yards when he has to, but he's not ever going to, I just don't think you're ever going to see Pat, you know, bust one for 55, you know, down the middle, you know, on a, like a read option where a safety bites and he just has a hole. But I, that's, that's something I think you could see him do. I think it's something you could see Jet do too. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see what, how he develops under Cliff because he's just such a gifted athlete already. And I think, much like Mahomes was, I think he's going to have to, you know, do some molding and, and kind of, you know, put the raw skills together. But but still, I, I think that, and obviously you don't know if he's going to be that kind of player because Jackson is, you know, frontrunner for the Heisman. But I think same kind of mold. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see what, uh, what Cliff does with him starting in January. Yeah, it's been several months since we've seen him last, but I know that I've I know I messaged with him and he sat out this past week uh, as a precautionary type of deal. They have the bye week this weekend, and so he is going to let me know which game, and I'm just gonna shoot over to San Antonio and check it out because you know it's a big deal being the the quarterback commit, and and usually you know we get out and see those guys. So what I've seen so far though is a lot of production. 
And the only thing I was going to say is if we were going to talk about those two guys and a Boykin and Jackson, you know, the, the one obvious thing I would say is just size right now. So I would have to see him. I would have to ask him about, you know, and Jackson's not a big kid. Trevon Boykin was a big kid, but I don't think that Jackson's a very big kid. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're talking yeah. about, you know, a difference in like an inch and maybe 10, 15 pounds, but that's, you know, it's a lot. It is. No, it is in college football, but, uh, but yeah, excited to see what uh, what comes from all these guys once they get on campus in January. Now, next wanted to move on to this week's contest, which it's one of those uh, weird deals. You get a game on Thursday night after the bye week, so it's kind of just a semi bye week because they started actual game prep last Saturday. So uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's basically just like it is for fans. I mean, it's basically Friday for this team, so basically they kind of have all their you know game prep in the book for the most part and are just going to kind of go through walkthroughs at this point so got the whole game plan in uh ready to go but 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 before we got into the game itself you know there's been a couple interesting things that you and i both have read this week uh from pro football focus which if you don't you know follow those guys or head don't ever visit them they do a great job as far as actual kind of in-depth you know scouting and numbers and, and and what players are doing in college football and, and what guys that are really kind of excelling and pointing out some things. And, and right now, you know, they have, you know, Mahomes as their number two quarterback in the country behind Lamar Jackson, which, which I think that if you ask a lot of people would probably tell you, you know, that's pretty accurate right now that he's, that Pat's for sure uh, top three, four, if, you know, not the number two behind Jackson in the country right now. So I thought it was interesting. The most, the most interesting thing to me was that Mahomes actually has a perfect passer rating on play action downs and he's actually thrown a lot more play action passes than most people realize because I don't I don't have a stat in front of me at the moment but I know he's completed something like 25 or 26 play action passes so far this year through three games so I think that's something that people don't realize a lot is that Cliff goes to a lot of play action stuff even when they're not running a ton just to give the look and, and set up some plays so uh, I thought that was interesting just to just to show you that I think people uh as far as defense is still kind of respect Tech's play action game because I think they know whenever they only have you know four three four five in the box whenever they're trying to you know put a bunch of people back in coverage somebody's probably going to bite because there is you know that temptation to run well and I would say this I just if I'm stating the obvious what big 12 defense has two shutdown corners that wouldn't have to worry about uh, a deep ball I mean I just none I can't think of one right now you know Maybe I mean? Kansas Kansas State would be the only one close. Yeah, and even if you're just looking at top offenses versus top defenses, you know, Mahomes can, you know, very easily throw at 50, 60 yards and and these receivers whether they're burners or they're just bigger guys, they can beat those those guys. The better offenses can do that and stretch the field. So with a play action in between there, you're you're pulling safeties out of position and you're forcing some of these one-on-one matchups, especially when you throw 3 and 4 wide out there. So uh, yeah, I mean, I can see why they have some success. I would, uh, you know, I think seeing them just continue these these strong starts to the games um, and, and just like flying out of the gate, yeah, yeah. And just see the consistency. I mean, that first half last weekend uh, was incredible. But just to circle back to Pro Football Focus, I mean, it's it's clearly called Pro Football Focus for a reason. I think the the topic itself has been talked about on the board, but I guess after a year or so of them doing Pro Football Analytics only. Uh, they assembled a team to to really lead that for for, for pro college, yeah. for for college football focus, but the, but they just put it under the pro football focus umbrella, and they almost treat it as a 
uh, recruiting type kind of scouting of deal. Scout, yeah, that's the word, scouting deal. And so it is significant to see, you know, Mahomes and Giles out there. I mean, these are very visible pages, very visible updates. So very positive thing for the Texas Tech program. Um, but it just goes to show you just the the progress of Mahomes and you know where he can kind of build more of a national reputation. But every I, I have to agree with everyone that I see you know out there on let's call it an FS FS one or you know the radio or ESPN uh, whatever college show it may be. I mean Mahomes still has to win the big games. Mahomes still has to absolutely try to finish yep. this thing with a winning record, or else you're just the guy. Uh, what was the guy from Hawaii that just throws a bunch of Colt Brennan passes? Yeah, I mean you don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? No, nope. um, I'm not by any means saying that will happen. But at the end of the day, Tech is known for offense. People will just chalk it up to, you know, they just throw the ball around a lot in Lubbock. I mean, but that's just not the case. And I mean, this guy's special. So I hope that the season can develop into a way where he does get a few of those moments to shine. And I think at the very least on Thursday, a lot of people that don't normally see him will get to see him. Uh, of For course, sure, of yeah. course against Kansas, which we're not expecting a, a whole lot of fireworks from. But um, you know, hopefully it'll give him some, some more eyeballs uh, because he is so closely compared right now uh, to Lamar Jackson, who's doing incredible things. And then from there, you, know, you can see a drop-off from 3 to 10. Um, so he deserves the accolades. Uh, so does Giles, and, and it's good to see those guys, you know, getting recognized so early in the season. Right, and we hadn't really talked about Giles, but he actually has, uh, as far as you know, receivers. He has a perf- or quarterbacks. Whether that would be Pat or Shimanek, uh, both those guys have perfect passer ratings when throwing to Giles this year, which, in my opinion, mostly speaks to Giles having just kind of vice grip hands because. In order for you to have, you know, perfect passer rating thrown into a guy, that means he basically can't have any drops. So I just think that speaks to what how reliable of a target he's been because how many times on on third and ten plus has he just kind of found Giles, you know, running open or, or just kind of found him and thrown him a ball and Giles comes up with it or, or makes a, a great catch. And I think it, it's just been – whenever people talk about, you know, seeing a guy take a clear step forward – it's just been so obvious that Giles has taken maybe the biggest step forward of anybody on this football team from last year to this year. Well, it's just like we talked about before the season. I mean, who's going to step up and take those yards? I mean, the yards are going to be there. The opportunities are going to be there. Who are, who's going to catch the ball and, and, you know, get the yards after catch? Who's going to make plays? Who's going to run, you know, make it happen in the open field? And so far it's been Giles. And I think the strength of the offense right now and the reason it's so hard to stop them even out of the gate is it doesn't have to be Giles. It could be somebody else. Exactly. And and that's the beauty of it. And and I think that's what you touched on last week is is trying to have that approach to where they're always guessing. And I love what I saw from Felton um and Me too. And, and switching that up. So hopefully, again, you know, we're gonna get into this as we look at KU closer. But ideally, when you're thinking about it, you, you, you feel like you'll be able to control this game. And so hopefully you'll see more from the running game and, and hopefully you'll get to you know establish that a little bit more going into a road game against Kansas State, not allowing yourself to look ahead, but at least establishing that for you know another week and, and improving week to week. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what you want to do. So let's go ahead and jump into this, this Kansas game and the matchup here on uh, on Thursday night, and uh, I guess for you, Matt, just just first, I'll let you kind of talk about it. Uh, for me, 
Well, well, like I said, again, I guess I'll just let, let you jump into it. Your thoughts on Thursday first, and then I'll, I'll kind of give my thoughts as well. Well, we all know weird things happen on Thursdays. I don't see that happening here. Because um, they both had a bye week, I think it'll be different. Yeah, you know, these guys will be prepared, but I don't know. I mean, Kansas has really been not a good team for a, a while. Bus. Yeah, but even then... There's been some games in recent years where it didn't matter if Tech was home or on the road. They just played down to that level, and they really struggled to to put up points or, or to really pull away from Kansas. Um, and like I said, that was both home and away. So, you know, yes, this is at home, and yes, the offense is just absolutely rolling. You know, all I can say is I watched a half of Kansas and Memphis, and Memphis just dominated Kansas. Uh, and Memphis is, I think, 2-2, two and two, so not a good – Right. Team either. right, and so I think just based on them, I mean, they've only played Ohio and then Rhode Island. I think you told me Rhode Island's like 0-5, D2. 0-4, 0-5, yeah. Yeah, so again, you know, anything could happen it's Thursday night, but I, I expect Tech to, to get up fast, and I expect the defense to show, you know, I, I don't know if it's show improvement, but maybe – you know, after four full games say, okay, well, yeah, they were on the road and, and, you know, we'd all like to forget the Arizona state game, but if we want to look at these other games, I mean, you know, you can kind of see some improvement here or there. Um, I I wrote about it when we did the round table. I mean, I, I, I don't see the defense not giving up more points just because they didn't, they didn't finish against Louisiana Tech. I mean, there's just no excuse for 45 points in that game. I thought that it was, was like lazy. Yeah, is what it felt I like. Thought that was yeah. bad. And and when you're at home, uh, I just thought there's not a lot of excuses for that one. But we'll see. I, I know that Level had mentioned they're they're dealing with some some guys that are dinged up. I don't know what the updated uh, you know information uh, is there. I'll just mention that Keenan Ward's out, but everybody else should be good to go. So. so. Okay. Everybody's healed up over the bye week, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, thank God for the bye week. But, yeah, so so that's what I'm looking for, first and foremost, is just the defense, how they respond. I mean, just because Kansas is not playing well doesn't mean they couldn't get out, you know, to a quick start. And, you know, we've seen it every time we've seen it. With We talk about, okay, well, they had the rough in the passer call and they didn't get the fumble and things went downhill from Arizona State. Well, I would argue that in the La Tech game, you know, you just never finished, right? You, there were a couple, there were a couple instances like that. They had chances to close them out, and they would never do it. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't close out. And so, I mean, I think you know that's a big thing that's got to come from the coaching staff. That's got to be an initiative, you know, that, that especially at home when you get up by by that much, you need to start thirty five to things. ten. Yeah, <laughs> you need to start. Yeah, you need to start doing things that you know don't just. It's not okay just to go into you know cruise control in the second half like that i mean that's not good no it absolutely isn't and i think that's kind of been the emphasis of this bye week and and then this kansas week has been for this defense anyway has been you cannot this like you're just not good enough to let up on people on defense it doesn't matter how you know how bad or or how whatever they might be on offense and and to their credit i do think louisiana tech is a very good group of five offense and offense that in my opinion is better than uh kansas is so uh, but at the same time it, you know it's like you said it's 35 to 10 in that game uh tech kind of botches that end of half drive there down there around the goal line where they could have made it 42 to 10 and said it's 35 17 going into the half because the defense gives up a quick score and then it's you know and then at that point you know law tech is you know 
within striking distance for the rest of that game. So that's just what they've got to do. That They just have to realize that they can't ever let up because they're just not talented enough across the board to do it. But I will say the one thing I think if, if that you're that you hope happens this week is Kansas has has the second worst turnover margin in the entire country and it's I think I believe it's at negative 7 right now and they turned it over 6 times against Memphis, fumbled it 4 times and threw two picks, which is just atrocious against nice. a team like that. So I think that this this defense is really trying because he didn't get a you know a turnover against Arizona State didn't get one against Lotech either so I think they're really really trying to make sure they get back on track as far as picking up turnovers because that's the bread and butter of what this defense is designed to do and when you don't do that then you you get behind the eight ball so um, so yeah I, I just think that this is a prime opportunity for them to kind of have a get right game on defense you know if you will so it's kind of now or never so. Uh, we'll see kind of what happens. What's uh, I guess what's your final score? If you don't have final score yet, that's fine. But just kind of what's your thoughts on general? How you think the game's going to go? I think that uh, Tech can continue the streak of fifty plus. Yep, me too. Uh, I think they can do more than that. Actually, if if they really wanted to, I don't know how it'll play off or excuse me, play out on the other side because, like we've said, I mean, I, I know I know Kansas is kind of down, but. All it takes is a couple, you know, long runs or even an unfortunate turnover for the tech offense is to kind of change the momentum of the game. But we had the round table where we said, you know, would they hold them to under 30 points because KU has not scored more than 28 on the road in something like, I don't know, 10 seasons? I don't know. Wasn't that it's the since, question? It's since uh, 2009. Okay. Yeah. Almost, right? Five seasons. Uh, five or six. So Six seasons, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... The story being, I I thought I went with the over just because I haven't seen this team stop the run, and if there are opportunities for a guy like a you know Levant to Gonzalez to take a, a short screen and you know get chunks of yardage, I mean they do have some weapons, so I don't want to sell them too short. Uh, but it, I guess it seems like the the quarterback position is a weakness as well as uh, the the offense and defensive lines. So. Um, hope, hopefully, again, Tech can set the, the pace early, just like they did against La Tech. It's just my hope that they come out in the second half and the defense still just kind of keeps their foot on the throat and doesn't allow them just to score, you know, just these right. insignificant touchdowns. But at the end of the day, it looks like you gave up 45 points when really the thing was a snoozer from the, the third quarter on. Yeah, and that's kind of what I think will probably happen in this game is I think Tech will prob- Tech will keep doing what they've been doing offensively where, you know, they score, you know, 31-35 in the first half and probably hold Kansas not to a lot. And then it will be about what happens in the second half and how many, you know, trash time touchdowns or, or whatever that Tech gives up. So uh, th- this Kansas offense is just so bad. They're Other than SFA, I mean, it's the worst offense Tech's going to play all year long. So – um, I just don't think that I just I don't know. Like you said, I know Texas hasn't you know been has been terrible against the run. I'll just say that. I just don't think Kansas can consistently move the ball. I think they'll they'll move it on a couple drives, but I, I just don't see them scoring more than twenty four in this game. Twenty four, maybe, and this is I think if Tech plays a bad game, twenty seven. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna say fifty plus on offense and like twenty four something like that for Kansas. So. So I think I said 56-24 is what I wrote down as my official. So, um, But like you said, and, and man, what about that? If they score 50 again, that's nine straight at home with 50 points. 
I mean, it's crazy. You can't bet against them at this point. No, that's, I mean, what I, that's what I've said. Until they don't do it, I'm going to bet that they're going to keep doing it. Well, and then think about this. If if Saturday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, I'm so used to saying that. If Thursday goes the way that we think it will go, again, we've seen wild things happen on Thursdays. Uh, but if it goes, you continue that streak, you get another win, you, you look at the next home game, I believe that would be West Virginia. Correct, in two weeks, yep. And in in two weeks, you'll learn a little bit more about who that West Virginia, excuse me, gosh, West Virginia team really is. Gave up saw some of that. Gave yeah. up thirty two to BYU last week. Yeah, yeah. And so you start to like your chances a little bit more. And I know, I know, we've kind of set the bar at let's see what happens in Manhattan and against uh, the Wizard and the the mm-hmm. Wildcats. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you allow yourself to look that far ahead. Um, if you even put up 45 at home against West Virginia, are you going to put a hundred bucks that that's a loss? No, absolutely I not. Cause I don't, I, I don't think I wouldn't, I wouldn't think West Virginia with how dinged up they are on offense at some spots. I wouldn't think that unless you just had a bad, a really bad day on, on defense. I mean, I would probably say that's closer to a win than a loss. Yeah. But anyway, going to be certainly interesting to see what happens on Thursday night, seven 30 in primetime on FS one. So, Going to be interesting, like I said. So uh, before we get out of here, we first wanted to get in a little bit of hoops talk because while there really isn't much, you know, going on football visit wise this weekend, you do got a couple of basketball commits or not commits, excuse me. You do have a couple of basketball visitors in, and first of all would be, uh, you know, Norman North, you know, five star legacy Trey Young is coming in this weekend for his official visit to Tech, and then you also have. Uh, Round Rock McNeil uh, shooting guard VJ Bailey is going to be here this weekend as well. And Bailey uh, is is uh, while he's not a five star, uh, he is you know number ninety four in uh, in the country as a four star guard. So and I believe is one of the four or five best players in the state this year. So uh, you got two kids coming in this weekend to for, for hoops and and with the way that uh, Chris Beard and these guys have done it, obviously get three commits last week and. The last of those being Jarrett Culver, who was kind of a surprise commit because I think everybody kind of believed that he was a Texas lean. So, so I mean, they're just absolutely crushing it in basketball right now. And I think that the thing you and I really talked about before, Matt, was it's just a it's a good weekend for you to get guys in, whether you're football or basketball, either way, because you have the game on Thursday, and then you can kind of do whatever you want all weekend with them. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a huge advantage to have them in on Thursday, especially for basketball, right? It's so much different than football, and it's a smaller group. You mentioned Culver. That's important because he's in Lubbock, so he doesn't have to do an official or anything. Oh, else. yeah, just he drive can, five minutes down to campus. Yeah, he can be around those guys. And, and in basketball, it's really different, too, because they have these small circles. These guys are some of the top players. Now, again, it's very young, intimate. Yeah. yeah, Young's in Oklahoma, but the proximity from an AAU standpoint and from a tournament standpoint, these guys have seen one another play. These guys he, are I know he and, Culver, he and Culver know each other pretty well. Well, he even congratulated Culver yeah. on his commitment. So um, I just think it's huge. I mean, we talk about legacies. I, I Let me preface this by saying I have never once uh, efficiently covered basketball recruiting, and I've been doing this for like four years, right? I've helped out with an interview here or there. I cannot remember a single time that, that Tech has been involved with a kid of this caliber. And basketball is exciting to me because we talk about true freshmen that translate onto the football field, and those are all great stories. But it um, takes time but, in football. 
It does, but in basketball, I mean, it's you could have such an instant impact that it's uh, you know that it's tremendous. And I think that you know you could look at it a couple of different ways. You could say that all the best kids go to Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, et cetera, or you can say, well, actually, I think of of more recent. Uh, you know, you can talk about the numbers and the factories uh, that those programs are. And sure, you know, it's probably a higher percentage that of success rate, you know, if you want to win at, at each level. Right. But there's so many other examples of Seth Curry at Davidson, you know, and some of these other guys that are at smaller schools, even back in the days, Dwayne Wade at Marquette. I mean, you don't have to necessarily go to those schools to make your impact. And I think that's got to be part of Beard's sell to a guy yep. like Young and his ability to surround him with other top players. Um, right. That's that's to me is really exciting because just because of that instant impact. Now, I know nothing about Victor, but if he's one of the top players in Texas and he's got, you know, tech in the top three with the way Beard's been recruiting, how could you not like your chances, you know, getting him in on a weekend like this and getting right. around these other talented guys? And I'll just list it off for you. So, so Victor Bailey, like I said, he goes by VJ. And just a fun fact, his dad played receiver at Missouri. So, uh, like I said, fun fact for you. But uh, VJ has offers from Arizona, Arkansas, uh, Creighton, Kansas State, Kansas, Missouri, Marquette, Nebraska, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Oregon, TCU, Texas, A&M, Tech, so, USC, Virginia Tech. So, I mean – you just keep going down the list, and I mean, he has a lot of offers from. I see Harvard, so smart kid. Yeah, but but I'm, I guess my point is, he has a lot of offers from real like big time basketball schools. So, um, and I think anytime Kansas offers a kid, he can obviously can play. So so yeah, Ohio State too, uh, you know Texas A and M, all these schools, how hot they are right now. So just it, it's just so Wake Forest, I miss them, but it's just so impressive what beard and these guys are doing right now and and like you said i think that the biggest sell for this weekend for both for both vj and for trey and i would guess especially trey is is you say look at all this new stuff we've got got this new video board you know got hopefully you know all these new basketball facilities on the way here in the next two three years uh you know really feel like you know that they're building something special as far as talent wise you know a good base and then you tell kids like Trey and and, and VJ you say hey we get a kid like you and you know your first your freshman year you know we can take that next big step so i think that obviously has to be the big selling point if uh if you're coach beard and these guys so it, it'll be uh I, I like i'll just watch pretty closely this weekend to see what Trey kind of has to say about what's going on with his visit and i know that uh, Drew got interviews with both Trey and VJ uh, before before the visit, and I believe those are going to go out on on Wednesday. So uh, interesting to see what both those kids say. But uh, but yeah, it, it's just it's just so much fun to see what kind of goes on here. And the last thing I'll kind of mention about these two guys is is with VJ, the top three schools right now seem to be Tech, A and M, and Oregon. So that's just kind of where you're at as far as the uh, where things are at with him. So uh, going to be interesting to see what happens with those three guys. Well, props to Drew. I mean, uh, with with Beard coming in, it's been like a never-ending whirlwind of, of uh, recruiting updates and commits and all that. He's which been is just on the polar. It. It's just the polar opposite of anything when uh, Tubby was here because there were no basketball updates at all. 
Yeah, the writing was on the wall. Some of these kids were coming in. You you were pretty 90% sure they were committing that weekend, just depending on whether it's Sunday or when they got home and made an announcement, right? Yep. Um, now it's just boom, boom, boom. And, and I just wanted to say shout out to him because it's not easy getting Trey and, and, and getting some of these other highly ranked kids, especially in basketball. So, you know, good for him. And I guess yep. what we'll have to learn after the – the only other thing I know about basketball recruiting is there's an early signing period and a late signing period. I think you said Young is is waiting until after the season, which could be good for right. Tech. They can continue to you know impress him with what they're doing on the court uh, as they continue to recruit him. But but what about VJ? Did has he indicated either which way? Uh, I I haven't heard yet, but I would guess because he's already taken all his officials because he already visited Oregon last weekend and he visited A and M. Uh, the first weekend of September, he visited Tulsa a couple weeks ago. So I think he's probably pretty close to making a decision. So I would guess, and this is my guess, and I may end up being totally wrong, but I believe he's trying to sign early in November. So, yeah. um, but still, I mean, you sign a kid, even even if you don't sign a kid like Trey, you sign a kid like VJ, and he's, you know, top 100. I mean, I don't think Tech signed a top 100 kid that is going to be on campus since I've been covering this anyway. Well, and there's still, I mean, I know it's not the, I don't think the final rankings are out, but I think Culver has a chance to at least try and climb, you know, after a he does for sure. season. Yeah, no, he does for sure, which it's just, it's been so much fun covering basketball recruiting because never been able to do this before. So, uh, will be certainly interesting to see what happens with those, with those guys this weekend. But, uh, before we get out of here, anything else you want to, uh, say, Matt? I'm good, man. I appreciate it. And uh, another one in the books a little early this week. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to pop on a little early next week, talk about this Thursday night game and take a closer look at K-State. That'll be a really interesting game on the road. But got to take care of business against Candace. uh, Excuse me, Candace. I don't even know her. Maybe maybe I need to take business with Candace. I don't know. I don't know any girls named Candace. Mm, I don't know. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. (laughs) That's what I got. Oh, all right, cool. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have a great early weekend. See ya.